Does God always heal? Isn't health and healing promised in the scriptures? But what happens when, in spite of your faithfulness to God, you find yourself facing a cancer diagnosis? Hmm. There are times when God does heal miraculously, Wayne. There are times when God heals through medical care. But there are times when you have to choose to be faithful in spite of either one of those experiences Mm -hmm. or lack thereof. The key at the end of the day is that we hold on to our faith and our hope, which are essential to the eternal promise that God said that he will never leave us nor forsake us no matter what. So what's coming up today? So on today's program, we will speak with the singer, actor, evangelist Carmen, who is living with multiple myeloma, a type of cancer. He has chosen to continue to serve God in spite of this disease. His story will encourage and inspire you today on health, hope, and inspiration. The following program is produced and sponsored by Cancer Treatment Centers of America. The information discussed during this program is not medical advice. Be sure to talk to your medical doctor for information and advice relating to your health. Our host is Reverend Percy McRae, Director of Faith-Based Programs at Cancer Treatment Centers of America, and I'm Wayne Shepherd. Well, those are profound questions to open with today, Percy. Absolutely, and it will it will stir up thought, and we need to give serious thought to this question for sure. Yeah, you always give serious thought to everything we talk about here on the program. <laughs> yes, sir. We gotta we gotta sort these things out, don't we? <laughs> we do. All right. Well, uh, we have a question of the week we want people to respond to. The question is, what was something you learned during your cancer journey? We received some responses last time to this question. We'd like to get even more. So let's pose the question again, huh? Again, because at the end of the day, what I have learned is that cancer patients typically learn something about themselves, about the world that they live in, about how they view life. There's something that they glean from the experience. So it'll help us to help others by asking and having you provide your response to what was something you learned during your cancer journey. And you can send your replies to healthhopeandinspiration.com. It's been interesting to see the replies so far. We'd like to get even more, and then we'll talk about it in a future program. Absolutely. Again, the question, what was something you learned during your cancer journey? And you can reply at healthhopeandinspiration.com, which is also the same website where you can listen to this podcast. Mm. You can subscribe to this podcast. You can download the free resource. This week, it's Emotional Needs of Cancer Patients. All that at the same website, healthhopeandinspiration.com. What a great website with such great resources. So reach out, uh, touch base with us with regard to any of those, and you can access all and any of that right there on Health, Hope, and Inspiration. By the way, would you do one more thing for us? Would you go to iTunes, where the podcast is uh, located on Apple, and leave a review of this? That would be most helpful as other people, you know, check us out, wonder what we're all about, read the reviews, or uh, perhaps attracted to listen to the podcast, and we can help even more people. Absolutely. We want to hear from you, and we want you to share your thoughts with others so they can be encouraged as well to say, hey, I need to check out this health, hope, and inspiration.com uh, program. So your word of mouth and your credibility in sharing with others helps us to reach more people, and we're all about sharing here. So wherever they invite reviews of podcasts, you can leave your review of health, hope, and inspiration. All right, let's turn to God's word before we hear from our guest today. So our spiritual nugget, my friend, and foundational scripture that we will build a discussion around and the interview from is found in 1 Peter, the fifth chapter, and verses six and seven. And it reads as follows. Humble yourselves, therefore, under the mighty hand of God, that he may exalt you in due time. And then how do we do that? 
first we must cast all our cares upon him for he careth for us. Uh, and what this scripture says to me, and then we'll really get into it later, is that the way that we humble ourselves is understanding that we can't carry our own burdens. We're not able, we're not equipped. So when we humble ourselves, we're admitting that, Lord, I can't do this. So I'm going to take that uh, worry and that care, and I'm going to give it to you. So casting all your care upon him who careth for you. With locations in Atlanta, Chicago, Philadelphia, Phoenix, and Tulsa, Cancer Treatment Centers of America is a comprehensive cancer care network that takes an integrative approach to cancer care. They use conventional medical treatments to attack the disease while helping patients manage side effects and maintain their quality of life by using evidence-informed therapies like nutrition and naturopathic support, along with pastoral care, pain management, and other supportive care services. Treatments are tailored for each patient's specific needs. To check it out and find out more, go to healthhopeandinspiration.com and click on Sponsor to learn more about Cancer Treatment Centers of America or contact one of their friendly oncology information specialists at 866-712-HOPE. That's 866-712-HOPE. Cancer Treatment Centers of America uses state-of-the-art technologies to deliver precision medicine, personalized care, and spiritual support. Learn more at healthhopeandinspiration.com. Well, we mentioned our guest earlier. Recently, Percy talked with a man whose name you'll quickly recognize. Well, I am excited and thrilled today to have with us on the show Carmen, who is, as many of you know, a contemporary Christian singer, actor, evangelist, uh, who has done so much work in the Christian circle and has uh, advanced the cause of Christ and uh, evangelism and living for the Lord. Uh, today is on our show, and he comes to us not so much uh, as uh, any of those things, but he is now part of the cancer community and undergoing his own battle with cancer. And so today we want to welcome Carmen to the show. How are you, so? And thank you for being with us today. Thank you. Feeling, I'm feeling pretty good. Well, good, good, good. And, uh, of course, based upon the introduction, and I shared with you before we started, I remember back in 1987, 88, 89, uh, I saw you live for the first time in Charleston, South Carolina. And truly, it was a spiritual experience for me. I shall never forget the day. Uh, and again, as far as I'm concerned, uh, all of the audio, visual and, you know, uh, uh, videos that you put out, I think you were kind of the pioneer or one of the pioneers in that in that space with Christian uh, contemporary music. And it was, it truly was visually uh, mind blowing. And, and I had an experience of the Lord and with the Lord during that. So I thank you, sir, uh, for your work and your ongoing work that you're doing uh, as of today. But you come to us today as a cancer patient and you have multiple myeloma. Let's talk a little bit about the day, if you don't mind, when you were uh, diagnosed and what ran through your mind? I have just been recently diagnosed with early stage colon cancer. So uh, I'm part of the community as well. Uh, I'd be interested, and I'm sure others would be as well, in terms of uh, when you were told that you had cancer, uh, what, what hit you? What was going on and, and going through your mind? Well, I didn't, I didn't know what it was. And when they said, you have myeloma, I had no, I'd never heard the word before. Huh. So I didn't know. Yeah. He kind of took time to sit down and break it down. And I think the thing that probably shook me up a little bit was he said it was uh, incurable. Yeah. Well, you know, that I think the the room just stops, you know. 
everything sort of goes white for a minute. And the only thing that's floating around is this word called cancer. It just seems to be floating around the room. <laughs> yeah. Now, what are you thinking of me now? <laughs> uh, right, right, right. It makes you wonder, so how did I get this and what did I do? And I mean, that's one of the few things you could think about is why me? Right. What did I do? Because if you've grown up in charismatic circles, you know, you're always thinking of reasons why things happen in your life, you know, and well, this happened because, you know, you set this in motion and that happened because you set that in motion. And you're trying to figure what in the world could I have possibly said in motion? Yeah, you're right. And it's interesting. Um, I gra- I went to Tulsa, Oklahoma to go to a particular Bible college, charismatic Bible college down the street uh, there uh, in Broken Arrow. And so you're exactly right. You know, some of uh, the schools of thought is, you know, what what did you not do or say or not, uh, you know, put in place correctly that may have triggered or accelerated the possibility of something. So you do ask a question of why me? And uh, obviously you did ask that question. And I would have to imagine to get to this point, more or less, you were able to to work through that. How did you actually process that? And, and would you mind sharing with those that are listening today who may be asking the same exact question? How did you reconcile that to move to, to be able to move on and to move forward? Um. Not sure if you ever really reconcile it. I, I think it's just you slip into a common sense mode after that very quickly. Yeah. And, you know, I was at a point in my life where I felt like maybe I've done everything I was supposed to do. Oh. This is just my exit. Uh, this is how I'm going out. Okay. I, I, I just assumed that this this was how, how the Lord was, you know, giving me my exit plan. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> And uh, uh, I think later on, I was able to make a little bit more sense of it because I would go to the hospital and, and I would see people who who had what I had, but they were different ages. Yeah, and and they were different um, women and younger kids. Yeah, and, and you think, well, if I did something that created this or put this in motion. What about this kid over here? What could he have possibly done? Sure. You know, he hasn't had little recovery on earth that I've had. So you, you start to wonder, you start to redo your theology a little bit. Yeah. You know, make it not so fragile, you know, for um, interactions. You know, you you God in a little bit more of a, an understanding, merciful way. And then you have a, another thing you have to learn about, that there are gifts of healing. Mm-hmm. And those gifts of healing will come to you in more ways than just somebody praying for you, slapping you on the forehead, knocking you down, and walking away. Yeah. Because in New Testament times, they didn't even have Tylenol. Right. <laughs> right, right. So if they had a headache, they had no other choice. They didn't have a stethoscope. Yeah, yeah, right. <laughs> they really had nothing. Yeah. You know, medicine has advanced, but there are many gifts of healing. Yes, and many ways, you know, like even when we pray for our country or for our land, you know, if our, my people were called by my name, will humble themselves and pray, seek the face of God, I will heal their land. Right. Well, what does that mean? Right. That's not just only for physical healing. There's gifts of healing to heal land. Martin Luther King was somebody trying to heal the land, trying, trying to heal an ill to society. It opens your expansion. 
It opens your, expands your understanding. See what God is doing in a different way in different people's lives and how vast it is as opposed to locked into a particular way of doing things that is a theology that we have learned up to that point. And it's interesting that you really do make that point. And, and I've gone through my own personal re-evaluation theologically uh, just because I've supported cancer patients for over 20 years uh, with the work that I've done at the Cancer Treatment Centers of America as a minister, as a spiritual supporter. But you're exactly right that uh, expanding our school of thought beyond a, a, a narrowed theological approach, per se, uh, I think is something that is really crucial and, and many people are having to come to terms with. Having said that, uh, as you sit today, you are still ministering. You're still currently doing all the things that you have done. Um, how has this now changed your focus and approach to ministry and, and maybe even expanded your ministry at this point? Well, it's a good time to identify with people who are going through some stuff. Yeah. You know, because a lot of the people that I I see, especially when I do a meet and greet after a concert, they've all gone through some sort of medical issue. Right. And it's not just cancer, it's all sorts of things. You know, parent, my mother would have loved to have come to this concert tonight because this was her favorite song. Mm. Would you sign this for her? She's gone. Or <laughs> the, the big one is... Uh, yeah, my dad um, loves you, and he has multiple myeloma. I says, how's he doing? Well, he died 10 years ago. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Everybody, who, everybody you talk to who has multiple myeloma is dead. Like, oh, gee. Right. Um, but I do find out that it's from a while back. Right. And in cancer, they're making progress so quickly mm-hmm. in their treatment of things that you forget how quickly yes. they're, 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 they're making that, that, that type of progress and people are moving forward. Um, and I noticed that a lot of people who are not, who have gotten myeloma within like the past 10 years, most of them that I, that I met are still here. Right. Exactly. So, yeah. So like I'm still here. Yeah. Yeah. And even if you, and, uh, and just recently I came out of remission. I was in remission for six years. Okay. And they, my loma marker started to show up. And they um, took me back in and put me on a different protocol, a little bit more aggressive. And it, the markers are going back down. So these guys are you know, pretty amazing. I mean, it's a real gift that they have. Yeah. It, it reminds me very much, and you're exactly right, because I, you know, the way that the Lord dealt with me, Carmen, is that. You know, he placed me inside of a healthcare environment to provide spiritual support versus the other way around. And you're right, over the last 20 plus years, the advancement of cancer treatment truly is remarkable and incredible. Even within the last 10 years, the last seven years of precision uh, treatment and uh, and diagnostic work and et cetera, very similar to the HIV, you know, uh, 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 pandemic, you know, many years ago of people who are still very much alive and well and surviving. And I praise God to the, of the fact that that's true for you and others. As you move forward and as you continue to minister the gospel, 
Uh, what would you say to someone listening to you today? Uh, great, you know, uh, successful man of God, worked in the ministry, working in the ministry, have blessed millions. I'm one of them. Uh, today, what word of encouragement would you give to anyone that is listening to you as as one now who is saying, I am walking the walk and talking the talk? What would you say to those or individuals listening to you today? Well, the first thing you got to remember is nobody lives forever on this earth. Right. Everybody has an appointment. There's an appointed time for everybody to die. Correct. So you're not going to escape that. And how you live that life between now and then, that's going to be up to you. But it doesn't have to be a tragic story. Okay. And it doesn't necessarily have to be what it is that you think it's going to be like a cancer. Sure. It doesn't have to be from an illness. It yeah. could be... It could be from something something completely, totally different. Yeah, I think, and and in that, your attitude is going to mean everything. Um, how, how do you view just life in general? Because I was told, you know, I would be getting very upset, and I would be having, you know, emotional fits of depression and this and that, and I didn't experience any of that stuff. Okay, I think a good part of it was because. I knew there was, wasn't a whole lot I could do about this. Right. I had to turn myself over to the ones who knew, who knew something about it. I had tried all the, 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 the remedies that people sent me in the mail. Yeah. You know, and I've already been, you know, been down that road and almost killed me. Okay. Finally got real treatment at a real hospital. <laughs> Things started to turn around, so I had to relax and say, well, this is in the Lord's hands. The only way you're going to fill yourself with that is if you feel you have something to do with this, right? and it's up to you to fix it, and it's up to you to push your face up, and it's up to you, and it's up to you, and it's up to you, and mm. it's up to you. If you take upon yourself a responsibility that's not yours, then, yeah, you'll have so much anxiety, you could probably actually accelerate the, the growth of this disease in your body just by being concerned about it. Yeah, yeah. Because you weaken your immune system, you need that immune system to fight it. Mm. I've had people ask the same exact question, and it reminds me of the scripture that says, cast all your cares upon him who careth for you. Take no thought for tomorrow, because we can get to a point where we try to uh, uphold and take and be responsible for things that ultimately we have no control over. And it is one of the foundational uh, principles of why we we serve a Lord and a God that we can cast our cares upon and also, I'm encouraged to hear the fact that with the previous statement that also, you know, you're you're receiving good medical care as you understand it. And you're combining those two schools of thought together. And as of today, you're moving forward and you're progressing in that regard. I appreciate the, the transparency of that. With my closing seconds, Carmen, and again, I want to tell you what a privilege it has been uh, to speak with you today. What is... Uh, what gives you hope or what fuels your hope or what maintains your hope as you continue to walk the walk, even right now? And then you got to go step out on the stage tonight and you've got to go minister the gospel of Jesus Christ to people who are coming to hear you. What fuels and motivates your hope, sir? I don't You know, sometimes that hope, the more you think about it and the more you need fuel and motivation for it, the more it's part of your life. For me, it's the opposite. I'm trying to make it not part of my life, hmm. not part of the equation. Not something I have to think about. Not something I have to consider, or when I go out. Okay. Um, Jesus said, "My yoke is easy, my burden is light." 
when you take a yoke upon you that's not easy and a burden that's heavy and you start to be concerned about it, that means you've taken upon yourself something God did not give you to be concerned about. Because now it's heavy. And now it's not light no more. And now you've got something on you that you put on yourself. Okay. You know, so the, the objective is to, as you were saying before, those scriptures kind of dovetail into each other, to, to really turn it, turn it over to him and, and to the people who know what they're doing with this, you know, and go and do what you're called to do. Don't make your evening a cancer evening. When people come to see me, they're not coming to hear about a guy with cancer. They're coming to be ministered to. Right. You know, they're, and that's why they're there. Yeah. And so you got to give them what they, what they came for. You can't just use them as a sounding board to make you feel that there's people out there who feel sorry for you or feel bad for you. Right. Your objective is to live a, live a normal life. And living a normal life doesn't require having everything go normally. Living a normal life is being able to put everything in its proper place and operate in whatever the responsibility is you have to operate at that time, 100%. You know, if, you have a, a, if you're living a normal life and somebody in your family dies, well, you know, you're not going to walk around in sackcloth and ashes for the rest of your life because you have a death in the family and a loss. Right. You have to put it in its proper context, deal with it, and move on, you know? And this is one of those things. You put it in its proper context, you deal with it, and you move on. You say, hey, if I could say such, such, and so, and it's gone, I'll say it. And if you say it and it's still there, well, I guess I guess I didn't have to say If I don't have the wherewithal to say these words to get it gone, and then I probably didn't have the wherewithal to say something to get it here in the first place. Well, today you have heard from Christian contemporary singer, artist, actor, and evangelist Carmen, who has taken time out of his busy schedule to share with us his journey as a cancer patient who is walking the walk and ministering the gospel to God's people. Sir, I want to say thank you. It's been a privilege and a pleasure. And on a personal note, my prayers continually are with you as we pray against this insidious disease. And we continue to expect our Lord to do what he says he will do and modern medicine and science to do his part. And we move forward from here. Take care, be well, and continue to bless all that you come in contact with. Thank you so much. Thank you. Percy, as you were talking to Carmen, I was thinking of that statistic that says that nearly one out of three people in the U.S. will receive a cancer diagnosis during their lifetime. That's from the American Cancer Society. Mm -hmm. And that's exactly why we've created the Our Journey of Hope Ministry Leaders Network. That is correct, because, again, at the end of the day, uh, as some have stated, cancer is the malady of our day. And so with that being said, no matter how we want to process that, the reality is that the numbers tell us that we should and need to be equipped and empowered to respond to our friends, our families, and our neighbors, and particularly members of our local churches and congregations. And so the, uh, the, the, the Cancer Care Ministry Network is designed to empower the faith community with free resources and a relationship that will equip them to do just that in the face of a cancer diagnosis that will be close to them at home. Well, it's such a great idea. And you can sign up if you're a pastor or leader in your church or congregation. We want to invite you to join this growing family of informed ministry leaders in the Our Journey of Hope Ministry Leaders Network. It's free to join, and you can do so at healthhopeandinspiration.com. Click on the Our Journey of Hope logo at the top of the page and join the Ministry Leaders Network today. 
Let me talk to you about that conversation with Carmen. What, what's your takeaway? I mean, first of all, what type of cancer does he have? Well, he mentioned that he had multiple myeloma, and of course, that is a cancer of plasma cells, uh, of white blood cells in the bone marrow. So uh, that typically has been listed uh, as incurable, and he mentioned that. And so it helps to set the stage of, I think, obviously, uh, many things that he expressed, and in some t- cases, frustration, uh, that he at one point was in remission, mm-hmm. and then, you know, for six years, and then he came out of remission uh, recently at the rec- at the time of the recording of this. But uh, what Carmen really kind of unpacked for us is that given his history as a minister and an evangelist and a public figure, uh, one who came out of the rank and file of kind of the charismatic word of faith camp there in Tulsa, Oklahoma, he really helped us to understand how he was challenged to kind of redefine or reevaluate his theological perspective mm-hmm. around healing. Yeah. And, you know, Wayne, we talk about that frequently sure. on the show. And we're not here to to poke holes in anybody's no. theological perspective as much as to give a balanced perspective around when, when believers uh, come to the crossroads of uh, desiring and looking for divine healing, uh, whatever methodology that, that that may manifest itself and they don't experience that, how do we empower people to stay plugged into their faith and allow their faith to continue to right. work in their life? Yeah, I believe forward. God heals. Absolutely. But I also know he doesn't do it all the time. And and again, clearly he doesn't. So we, we can get into a debate on why he does or doesn't, but the fact of the matter is what Carmen made very clear to us is that he had to come to terms with that. And in doing so, he talked about first and foremost when he first was told that he had cancer, he said the room just stopped mm. and that the word cancer was just floating around in the atmosphere and he had to come to terms with that. And I think that's a pretty apt description for a lot of people. But then he also talked about in the midst of his journey and his path that he had to go back to some scripture and kind of review scripture in a different light. And there are some scripture that talks about that there are gifts of healing and not just one path or course of action toward healing. And I think that when we read that verse of scripture or we hear that verse of scripture, we tend to only think about that in a spiritual context, but in terms of, and then he he translated that into the advancement of modern medicine and science and so many things that we're learning and that we can do from a medical perspective. And again, you and I have talked about this on the show. Every good and perfect gift comes from above. Indeed. And medicine and science is a gift of God. And so with the advancements of, of treatment of cancer, he said that he was you know, hopeful and that he was still fighting the good fight of faith and understanding that there are different gifts of healing and that he is prayerful that one of those gifts of healing, whether it be spiritual or natural, will hopefully facilitate the potential healing of the type of cancer that he's dealing with. And then from there, he went down the line to talk about um, that at the end of his life and at the end of our life, uh, we do not necessarily have to have a tragic ending. And being a performer and being one that's on the stage, I kind of got this image of, you know, sometimes we think about when the end comes and when the end is for all of us because we all are walking a path with a destination of of the end of this mortal flesh, uh, that it doesn't have to be tragic and dramatic and and negative. And then he said, not even necessarily for cancer. Hmm. I've often said this even in relationship to myself, I said, one day I'm going to die, but not necessarily today and not necessarily from cancer. <laughs> so that being said, it helps to de- to take some of that energy and that fear and that stigma out of when we get to that point. And then the last 
point that was really profound for me is that he said that he actually had tried all sorts of remedies that people were sending him and suggesting that he do through the mail and how he said it almost killed him. And he said he had to kind of just get to the place of saying, if I didn't have the ability to actually cause my cancer, I probably don't necessarily have the ability to stop my cancer in and of myself. I'm going to rely and trust in uh, the medical experts and the medical community of the day while I'm trusting God for my healing and that that he says psychologically and emotionally, he really removed himself from what is it that I have to do? How do I manifest this? How do I manipulate uh, my outcome? He said, I, I just really came to terms with the fact that I don't have the power or the ability to do that. And for him, that has freed him from the burden of what do I need to do to keep my faith alive or keep my hope going or how do I manifest my healing? He said, I don't really have the ability or the faith to do that. And that's why we read the scripture that we read, because it helps us to come to terms with that exact school of thought and that exact point. Because ultimately, at the point, Wayne, we all have to get to a place where we say, Lord, this is out of my hands now. Mm -hmm. I've done all that I know to do. I've said all that I know to say. I'm now going to trust in you and I'm going to humble myself before you in that regard. So I thought this was a profound uh, 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 interview. Yes, it was so good to hear from Carmen and his own testimony here today. So thanks for bringing that to us. Uh, If you're listening, I hope you'll visit the website, healthhopeandinspiration.com, and click on Sponsor to learn more about Cancer Treatment Centers of America, or contact one of their friendly oncology information specialists about questions you may have. The phone number, 866-712-HOPE. That's 866-712-4673. Cancer Treatment Centers of America uses state-of-the-art technologies to deliver precision medicine, personalized care, and spiritual support. And you can learn more at healthhopeandinspiration.com. Well, we kind of heard Carmen answer the question today that we posed to all of our listeners. What was something you learned during your cancer journey? I'd like to hear from listeners. Well, we would love to hear from listeners what I know and what I believe deeply in my heart, that there is nothing that God allows us to experience or to to be a part of, that there is not some potential a learning moment from something that we can glean from that, that we can take and that we can utilize and either pass forward or help advance our growth and development. And so today, what was something that you may have learned uh, during your cancer journey? Share that with us. You can send that feedback on healthhopeandinspiration.com. And uh, when we have opportunity on some other shows, we'll read some of those commentaries. And uh, hopefully it'll be a blessing for others, if nothing else, to encourage people to understand understand that this is not going to be a wasted experience, that God is going to allow us in many ways to learn and experience things about ourselves and about him and about and about possibly our worldview that will help us to be better kingdom citizens. Three things to do when you go to that website. Number one, you can uh, leave the answer to that question. What was something you've learned during your cancer journey? Number two, you can download the free resource, Mm. Emotional Needs of Cancer Patients. And number three, if you haven't done so already, subscribe to this podcast and receive it automatically each time it's released. So go to healthhopeandinspiration.com. And go to God's Word as well, as we often do. Yes. And so with the closing moments that we have, and we are grateful for the testimony of Carmen, and, and one of the 
the big takeaways that he expressed to us is found in this scripture. And now hopefully it'll really make sense uh, why we chose this. First Peter, the fifth chapter, verses six and seven. First and foremost, when we are dealing with God, the first thing that we always must do is humble ourselves. And sometimes we go to God with our own pre-inscribed thoughts, feelings, and how we think God should do business. So scripture tells us, humble yourselves, therefore, Uh, under the mighty hand of God. It helps us to feel better about who we're humbling ourselves to. God's hand is mighty. He's big. He's powerful. That he may exalt you in due time. It is God's timing in which we are exalted and brought to a place of of, uh, recovery and, and to a different enlightenment in our lives. And then verse number seven really ties it all together. Therefore, when you humble yourself and understand that it's under the mighty hand of God, that he'll exalt you in due season, that then we can cast Cast all our cares upon him because he careth for us. I heard I, for us. I heard a preacher say in a revival one time, he said, I have learned how to cast all my cares upon God. And if I've cast all of my cares on him, I don't have a care and therefore I don't care. So <laughs> that was how his attitude was about the circumstances of life. He had learned how to develop an I don't care attitude because he has cast his cares upon he who careth for you. Good word. Good word indeed. All right. Hey, thanks for listening to Health, Hope, and Inspiration. Our host is Percy McRae, Director of Faith-Based Programs at Cancer Treatment Centers of America. Brother, thank you. Love you. And again, remember, we've got work to do. Keep chopping the wood and keep keeping on. God is faithful and he is not done with you yet. This has been Health, Hope, and Inspiration. Health, Hope, and Inspiration is produced and sponsored by Cancer Treatment Centers of America. If you or someone you love is fighting cancer, consider Cancer Treatment Centers of America. We treat the whole person, body, mind, and spirit. Our hospitals in Atlanta, Chicago, Philadelphia, Phoenix, and Tulsa take an integrative approach to cancer care. We use conventional medical treatments to attack the disease while helping patients manage side effects and maintain their quality of life by using evidence-informed therapies like nutrition and naturopathic support, along with pastoral care, pain management, and other supportive care services. Treatments are tailored to each patient's specific needs. Visit healthhopeandinspiration.com to view our cancer-related resources or to contact our oncology information specialists about questions you may have about your treatment options. Working together under one roof, our cancer experts use state-of-the-art technologies to deliver precision medicine, personalized care, and spiritual support. Learn more at healthhopeandinspiration.com.